Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome, everybody, to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And in that light, I'm always interviewing guests that are on the cutting edge, changing the world. So today we have a very interesting guest, Michael Hinkson. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's also a speaker. He's been on countless TV radio appearance. And today we're going to be talking about the uh, trust teamwork, the moving from diversity to inclusion and uh, challenging times. So it's going to be a really interesting uh, conversation, and I'm happy to welcome Michael to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. It's good to be here. Yeah. Uh, we had connected through Podmatch, and you are um, you have a best-selling book called Thunderdog. And um, what's interesting is you've been through a number of um, challenges. So tell people about yourself, your story, and we'll get go started. So I happen to be blind. I've been blind my entire life. I was born two months premature and given a pure oxygen environment, which caused the retina not to grow properly. But my parents felt that none of that needed to matter. Um, I guess you would say today they were risk takers. They allowed me to explore where we lived on the south side of Chicago. And then we moved to California when I was five. And I learned to ride a bike, rode a bike to school because I could listen. I could hear and and do the same things that other people did. I may not do them exactly the same way because I heard where most people use their eyes. Um, and also I could ride in the dark and they couldn't. So, you know, the, the bottom line is that it doesn't matter how you do something as long as you're doing it well and you're doing it right. The technique shouldn't matter. And that's something that my parents taught me early in life. And I grew up believing that it didn't matter that I was blind or not. So I went to college. I have a master's degree in physics from the University of California at Irvine and a secondary teaching credential. And I had a 30-year-plus professional career in sales until September 11, 2001. I was the Mid-Atlantic Region Sales Manager for Quantum Corporation, a Fortune 500 company. And I was hired to open an office for them in New York, which we did in room 14 of the World Trade Center, Tower One. And there we were on September 11th when the planes hit the building. I escaped and got visible after that in the media. And was then uh, a lot of people started to ask me if I would come and talk about what we should learn from September 11th and what we should learn from trust and teamwork and why I talk about trust and teamwork. And, and they wanted to hear my story of escape and why I survived, which was because I learned 
how to work and walk around the World Trade Center longer than we have time to tell here. But there were a lot of things that I learned because I was the leader of an office and I needed to do those things independently in order to not only have the respect of my employees and colleagues, but also if the opportunity and time ever came that we needed to survive, I needed to know what to do. Well, sure enough, it happened. So I switched from selling computers to selling philosophy and talking about trust and teamwork. As you said, moving from diversity to inclusion because diversity doesn't include disabilities. They've kind of screwed that up. Mm-hmm. But more important, what I've I've learned and, and I talk about is that there are a lot of ways that we can all work together and we can be stronger if we work together and we are stronger if we learn how to use our inner tools to help us function more effectively and successfully in life. Uh, yeah, quite interesting. I, and I can hear from, you know, from your tone of voice, you, you have, you have um, unlimited, you know, basically your mindset is there's no limitations. And um, so that's, you know, kudos to, um, you know, people telling you, you know, that, you know, so one per one portion doesn't, you know, you can do anything. So, well, that's what, what eventually caused us to, uh, I went to work for a company called Accessibe in, 19, in 2021, A-C-C-E-S-S-I-B-E. And it's a company that makes websites more inclusive for persons with disabilities. And one of the things they asked me to do was to start a podcast called Unstoppable Mindset, where inclusion, diversity, and the unexpected meet. And it's all about people coming on and telling their own life-challenging stories. Um, but I appreciate what you're saying. Uh, we're only limited by the limitations we put on ourselves. Yeah. And um, so we'll talk about, what's really interesting is you you have a best-selling book it's called Thunderdog. Um, and I'm sure, you know, all the audience out there is going to check it out afterwards. Hope so. Yeah. Uh, tell us about it. I wrote it um, with a colleague, Susie Flory, who contacted me because she was writing a different book. But when I told my story, she said, you ought to write your own and I want to help. And she was a professional writer. And so we reached out to her agent, Chip McGregor. We came up with a proposal and within a week, he had a contract for us with Thomas Nelson Publishing, which is now part of HarperCollins. And it's a story that talks about what happened on September 11th, but it's not a, a September 11th book. It's really more a book about me how I got to the World Trade Center. That is my life story, things I learned along the way, as well as telling the story of what happened on September 11th. And in its first week out, it was a number one, well, it was a New York Times bestseller the first week, and then one of the weeks it was a number one New York Times bestseller. So we've been very honored by that, and it continues to be out there, and it continues to sell. And um, I'm always looking still for places to go where people want to hire a speaker, and, and if people have an opportunity or want someone to come and talk about teamwork or trust or just tell an aspiring story, email me at speaker at michaelhings.com. But I'm glad to, you know, to talk about that and and help people understand that no matter what life throws at you, we can deal with it if we learn how to do it. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's a couple of themes uh, from talking to you. And the first one is uh, trust and teamwork. And, you know, you've done that um, expand upon that for the audience. Trust is all around us, even though I think uh, probably a lot of us, and rightly so, view that trust is under attack because we're seeing so many reasons why um, people don't trust. We don't trust politicians because they haven't earned our trust. When um, we are seeing so many things that happen that cause us to become very leery of trusting. But even with all of that, 
there are so many things that we do trust. I trust that the ceiling over my head isn't going to collapse. <laughs> um, you and I trust that this conversation will continue. Um, we trust so many things in our lives already. And I happen to use a guide dog. Um, now, one of the things that people always talk about is how my dog led me around and led me down the stairs. Totally wrong. Dogs don't lead. Guide dogs don't lead. They guide. The job of the dog is to make sure that I walk safely. I have to know where to go and how to get there, like I did in the World Trade Center. I can't expect a dog to do that. And I don't want a dog to do that. It's my choice as to where I'm going to go and how I'm going to get there. It's the dog's job to make sure that we walk safely. So it's a team, right? I say that I have learned a whole lot more from working with eight guide dogs than I've learned from all the experts on teamwork and trust and management theory combined, because I live it with the dog every day. Roselle, who was with me in the World Trade Center, and I worked as a team. And we got out. We actually had to run from the collapse of Tower 2. And we survived that again because we worked together seamlessly to make sure that we both stayed safe. So mm -hmm. I talk a lot about trust. And I talk about the fact that while dogs love unconditionally, and I firmly believe that, they don't trust unconditionally. But the difference between a dog, unless it's an extremely abused one, Mm. And people is dogs are open to trust. So mm. with every guide dog I've gotten, we have to develop the relationship, but they're open to the idea of trust and they're open to trusting me if I can establish a trusting relationship with them. And then when that trusting relationship develops, it's as good as it gets. The love is there. Um, and again, I do think that dogs love unconditionally. They want to, but still, it all comes down to developing the relationship. And so I have formed teams with eight guide dogs over the years since 1964 and value those teaming relationships more than anything I can imagine. Mm. And how and how does it apply? You know, how have you applied this uh, model of trust, teamwork, the human-animal bond, you know, in your career? And, uh... So whenever, whenever I hire a salesperson um, and whenever I bring employees on, one of the things I tell them is, I hired you because I believe you can do your job. My job isn't to boss you around. My job as your manager is to add value to help make you successful. And what you and I need to do is to figure out how best I can do that. And I've had salespeople who got onto that very well. I had one sales guy, the best guy I ever hired, who came to me one day and he said, I've got a meeting with one of our financial companies that we're trying to sell to. They want me to bring my manager and talk about our products. So he said, I set up the appointment, but I didn't tell him you were blind. <clears throat> now, I knew what he meant by that because I knew that Kevin did respect me. Um, what he was saying is, we're going to hit him with something totally different that they don't expect. Well, we went to the meeting and we walked in and the room got quiet because mm -hmm. all of a sudden here comes this blind guy with a guide dog carrying a laptop case and a PowerPoint projector case and all that. And we went to the front of the room and set everything up. And I worked to get people talking about what they were looking for from us to, in the meeting today. And actually, before I was done getting people to talk, and as a, as a sales guy who's had a lot of experience with it, I realized the more I can learn from people, the better job I can do as a presenter and, and what I can give them. But I realized our product wouldn't work. Even so, we did our PowerPoint show, showed them what the product was, showed them what it did, showed them what it didn't do. And then I said, and here's what really will work for you, because clearly ours won't. 
And after the whole thing, and I did the PowerPoint show, which is one of the reasons Kevin brought me along. One of the guys came up and he said, we're really mad at you. And I said, well, why? And he said, oh, well, you know, not presentation was great and all that, but it wasn't even boring. The problem is we didn't remember, we forgot you couldn't see and we didn't dare look away because you never looked at the screen to get information because I had it all down in Braille. And we didn't dare look away because you might've caught us. And I said, well, you know, you could have looked away, but the dog would have caught you. But the, the bottom line is that I told them that our product wouldn't work. Two weeks later, we got a call from the same company saying, we have another opportunity. And because of everything that you taught us, we know that this is a proposal that your product will do best at. Just give us a price and we'll order it today. And we gave them the quote and they did order. It's trust. We developed the level of trust because we were honest with them. And I knew because I had basically talked to everyone in that room, asking them what they were looking for, why they wanted us, what they expected out of a product. I knew what was needed. And, and Kevin knew that I would get that information and make the right call. Well, he ended up getting a bigger commission because it all got settled the right way. It's all about trust. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, the one, you know, it's the bond and then, you know, everything boils down to, you know, do I trust you first? You talk about the real bottom line that's bringing principles back. Expand upon that for the listener. Well, essentially some of what I just said, which is that it's all about developing trust. And I believe that good salespeople are teachers, they're counselors, they're advisors, and they need to go in and learn what the customer's needs are. And if indeed the customer perceives that their product isn't necessarily the right choice, why they believe that, and then be honest and direct to say, you're right. Or I think you have some misconceptions. Let's talk about those. And also another concept, and I learned it in a Dale Carnegie sales course, and I use it regularly as a person who is blind, is turn perceived liabilities into assets. That is, people think blindness is a liability. It's not. It's a perceived liability, but it's my job to demonstrate that it can be an asset. Hey, I don't get distracted by um, everybody getting up and going to the water fountain and all that sort of stuff, or I stay focused on what I need to do. I learn how to sell and talk and communicate with people, whether it's on the phone or in person. And I learned that a whole lot more because it's what I have to do in order to be effective as a salesperson. I learned to read people by their tones of voices, by what they say. It isn't all just about eyesight because there's a whole lot more to the world than that. Those kinds of things to demonstrate that in reality, I bring a lot more to the game than probably most people do. And for me, sales is a way of life, whether I'm selling um, something or just convincing someone that I can buy a house, even though I am blind, because I can earn an income and do it. It's all about selling. And it's all about letting people know that I am as capable in the world as they are. And so we talk about those things. I talk about the fact that ethics is important. And it's important not to deceive people about products and what you do and what you have, but rather to say, um, let's see if it fits. And if it doesn't, let me show you what will. And likewise, in, in life, um, I'm, I'm not going to deceive people. Um, whether they believe that or not is something that will only happen as they come to trust me. Mm -hmm. But I've learned that that's the way I have to live. Again, working with eight dogs, and dogs can see right through you if you're trying to deceive them. Yeah. Um, and so I know that it's important to be 
honest and truthful and also confident. So when we were escaping from the World Trade Center, I had to convey that I was doing okay and not worried about what was going on. And there were a lot of reasons why I wasn't worried. As I said, we don't really have time to go into a lot of it. But the bottom line is because I knew what to do in an emergency, I had developed a mindset that told me that we could evacuate, at least when we were doing it, in an orderly way without panic. And uh, there were reasons why I knew that. And we did. And I conveyed to my dog, Roselle, all the way down that she was doing a great job keeping her confident because if she stayed focused and then reacted in an unusual way, I would know that there's something to explore or look at or, or be concerned about. But if she didn't, because she was staying calm, because I was staying calm and encouraging her, we did fine. And that's what happened all the way down the stairs. We, this has been a really interesting conversation. And as we get to the uh, closing, you, we've, we talked about um, adapting in challenging times. Tell us how you perceive the strategies for the future. I think uh, in, in our future, in, in business and in life, we can look at COVID as, as a horrible thing or we can view it as giving us an opportunity. And the fact is that the pandemic gave us the opportunity to recognize the value of living in a little bit more virtual world and maybe creating a hybrid environment from a work standpoint. Um, it introduced me to Accessibee, uh, as I said, which is a company that helps make websites more usable and inclusive for persons with a variety of different kinds of disabilities. And uh, if I were to do two seconds of educating, disability does not mean a lack of ability. It's a characteristic. But a lot of people have it. In fact, you have it. You happen to be a person who depends on light. And if the lights go out, you you have a world of problems. But most times you have light around you, so you're okay. But the bottom line is that for me, learning to to function in a world that's different than what I need that's an important thing, but I also need to help other people recognize the value of helping to make the world more inclusive for me. If anyone visits the Accessibility website, Accessib you can actually run an audit and see how accessible your website is and then learn how inexpensive it would be to use Accessibility to help make it more accessible and usable and inclusive for people. Um, and as I said, as a speaker, um, I'm always ready to to travel and come and visit with people and and tell the story and talk about lessons that we should learn from September 11th and other kinds of challenging things that have happened in our lives. And people yeah. can reach me at speaker at Michael Hinkson, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-H-I. Yeah. And for all the listeners out there, um, let's thank Michael for coming onto the podcast. Um, it's been a really interesting and I, you know, I love these um, stories of uh, overcoming adversity and where the, and how you can develop trust especially in the workplace and in business. So um, be sure, Michael is on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. You, he's got a YouTube channel as well as um, check out his book, The Thunderdog. It's on Amazon. And uh, check out his website, michaelhingson.com. And with that, thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible. And without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.